Hello and welcome to Life with Ed, the podcast. I am Julia Wirth, your host, a registered dietitian specialized in eating disorders in Connecticut. And I am so happy to be back. It's been like a year and a half since I released a podcast. I um, just (laughs) needed a break, I guess. Uh, We had a lot of stuff going on in my practice. Um, Obviously, I had a baby and so much has changed. So today I'm here to talk about some of those changes and start the new series here on Life with Ed, the podcast. So um, to fill you in on what's been going on in that year and a half, I haven't been doing nothing. We have expanded here at Worth Your Wild Nutrition to include two other dietitians. So Rachel Utstein and Natalia Putnam are both in the practice and seeing patients as well. Um, we are more focused on parents. So here at Worth Your Wild Nutrition, we host a parent support program and we have uh, lots of speaker sessions every Um, season. So we have a series every season where we invite therapists, doctors, um, others in the eating disorder field to come speak um, specifically to parents because I've noticed in my years of working with this population that parents are really the missing link. You know, you can have the best dietitian, the best therapist, the best doctor, the best treatment team ever. But if you go home and your family isn't knowledgeable, they don't have the tools, the skills, the awareness to be the support system that you need, then it's very challenging to recover. So that has been my focus the last year and a half, really how to equip parents best. And part of that is relaunching this podcast focused on parents. So um, instead of just talking about what eating disorders are like, what life with eating disorders are like, and all the different aspects of treatment, we are specifically going to be focused on parents here and stuff we want parents to know. Um, So I do have a whole lineup and already recorded podcasts ready to come out um, every week for the next eight weeks. I'm going to do eight week um, series. So this is the first one. There'll be seven more and then we'll take a month off and then we'll have eight more podcasts. So um, it'll be a little bit easier on my end and hopefully enjoyable on your end as well. Today is going to be just me. I'm going to be talking about what I've learned and my top five things I want every parent to know once their child is diagnosed with an eating disorder. But before we hop in, I'm just going to take a short break to hear from our advertiser. This episode is sponsored by the Worth Your Wild Nutrition Parent Support Program. This is an eight-week course that takes parents from diagnosis, how to handle doctor's visits, how to find the appropriate treatment team, to the at-home struggles of meal times, outbursts, using meal plans, and all the common pitfalls and areas of concern that parents have. We've really tried to cram in everything that parents need to know, should know, to better support and help their child recover um, from an eating disorder. So if you're interested in this program, um, you can send me an email at worth, W-E-R-T-H, yourwildnutrition at gmail.com or check it out on our website, worthyourwild.com. We hope that it will help you and your child reach your recovery goals. All right, so what I've learned over the past several years as an eating disorder dietitian. I have learned that you cannot help everyone. 
it is something that comes up again and again, not just in the context of, you know, oh, I only have a certain amount of space in my practice and I just can't take another client on, um, but that not everyone is a good fit for everyone. So not every dietitian, not every therapist, not every doctor is a good fit for every patient. And I wanted to start um, this podcast off with that lesson because it is so important that even if you talk to a therapist on the phone and you know, you're like, okay, this person's awesome. They know everything about eating disorders and they're going to cure my child, which, you know, they can't do anyway. They can't cure your child. Your child is the one who needs to put in the work to recover. Um, but if they don't connect well with your child, if it's not a good fit personality wise or whatever it is, then you need to find someone else. And that comes from the provider side as well. You know, like as a dietitian, Sometimes I'm working with a patient and I just know that this is not working. We're not a good fit. We don't connect. Um, They're not listening to me. I'm not interested or engaged in their treatment as I should be. And that's when it's time for them to either switch to one of my associate dietitians who have totally different personalities and styles and they might fit well with or a totally different practice. And that's okay. So First thing, first, what I've learned, you can't help everyone. Um, The second thing that I learned really early on in working with eating disorder patients is that the parents and the whole family really need support because they are part of the treatment team. So if, you know, parents aren't involved, if they don't know their kid is even seeking care for an eating disorder, which may sound crazy, but is the case a lot of the time, they cannot help, right? And the kid is not going to recover. If the therapist, the doctor, the dietitian does not take time to speak with parents and parents are not aware of what the child's goals are or what should be happening at home, that there should even be family meals, then the child is not going to recover most likely. So, you know, that that second thing I really learned was that, okay, this is a full family affair (laughs) and the parents are the best and most needed support system. So we need to make sure they're involved. Um, The third thing I've learned, especially in the last two years since I've been fully remote um, since March 2020, which is wild, is that telehealth and in-person care are great, but they also have their pitfalls. Um, on the episode next week, you're going to hear Natalia, Rachel, and I talk about this even more. But, you know, telehealth works wonderful for some people and it doesn't work for others, providers and patients alike. Same with in-person. You know, some people actually feel more awkward in a therapy room on like a couch they don't know with weird cushions and whatever than they do in their own house looking at a screen. So for some people, telehealth is better and some people in person is better. And you should find the provider that has what's better for you. So those are the big three things I've learned and want to make sure you guys know. But there are five things, five totally other things that if I could tell every parent in the world who has a child diagnosed with an eating disorder that they should know, get down, memorize, learn before um, the treatment really gets going. These are them. And this is really what I want to get through today. So first things first is this is going to be really, 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 really hard. And 
you're going to need help too. Again and again in our parent program, you know, the therapists who come and present talk about that the parents should get a therapist. You know, it's not just your kid. It's not just um, the one who has the eating disorder who might need emotional support or mental um, health help. You know, you need help too, whatever that looks like, right? For some people, it is their own therapist. For some people, it's joining a support program or group like ours. For others, it's like scheduling time for your own exercise every single day because that's where you need to release your frustration and whatever. But making sure that you are helped because compassion fatigue is real. And if you are compassion fatigued, in other words, like unable to emotionally handle everything going on with your kid because you're just like, oh my God, all I do is help you all day and you're a mess. It's like having a toddler. I have one, so I know. <laughs> um you know, it's, it's not going to help your kid. So number one, get help for you. Number two relates back to the first thing I told you that I've learned and it's switch providers if they don't work for you or if you don't feel like they're a good fit, right? So if your pediatrician like repeatedly is showing your child their weight on the scale and they just don't seem to get that your kid like can't see that or they have a panic attack or they can no longer eat that day, then like that's not the right pediatrician for you. That's a very um, clear and, you know, dry example. But other things happen too. Like if your child is working with a therapist who is not, you know, um, pushing them in a direction that you think is good, like help them find another therapist. If your child absolutely hates going to nutrition therapy and it's not just because (laughs) nutrition therapy is hard but it's because like they just they just don't connect with the dietitian find somebody else um it can be really hard to find a provider but when you find the provider that's the right fit things are going to be so much better so i always try to remind parents like you have the power to say no we're not coming back Um, As a provider, I don't always love that because I think I know what's best. But in the end, you know, parents know their kids best. So I always want to put the power back in the hands of the parents and the patient, like find the providers that are right for you. Um, Number three is understanding when and why to move to a higher level of care. So if your child is in treatment outpatient. So they see a therapist and a dietitian and maybe their doctor weekly or every other week, um, but they're not progressing, then they might need to go to a higher level of care. Um, And you might hear that thrown out. Like often it's the doctor who's like, oh, you know, you're, you're losing weight or you're not gaining weight. Like maybe we need more support here. Or the dietitian is like, you're just never meeting your nutrition goals. Maybe we need more support here. And as a parent, you're like, what the heck is HLOC? (laughs) First off, like, what are all these acronyms? Once you learn its higher level of care, you're like, what's that? Um, And why? And so as a parent of a child with an eating disorder, I would say research all of the options, right? You want to understand, and you can go back and listen to previous podcasts about what inpatient is, what residential is, what PHP, partial hospitalization, and IOP, uh, intensive outpatient programs are, and when they're needed. Typically, the big things that I want parents to know is that if your child is medically unstable, they need to be in an inpatient 
or residential or higher level of care program. If your child is repeatedly, you know, weeks on end, not meeting goals and they're not engaged and their motivation is low, like they might need a higher level of care because clearly outpatient is not helping them get better. Um, If they've been to every level of care ever and they are totally burned out, they might need a lower level of care. I've actually seen this again and again now with patients like they've you know, they were medically unstable, so they went to inpatient. And then they were in residential, and then they were in PHP. And it's like they're away from home and in treatment for months and months, and they just burn out, and they cannot do another group session. They cannot talk about their feelings anymore. And actually coming home and removing all of the um, other people, like the other sick people who've been around them um, from their life, and putting them in the normal environment and having just outpatient care can help them. So the big thing that I want parents to know is if you're medically unstable, you need to go up. If you're not medically unstable, then we can talk about your motivation and your level of interest in treatment and where you think you want to be, um, how you're doing at meal times, and it can be more of a discussion. But medically unstable, you need to go up. If not medically stable, it's a discussion about what is best for you. So <laughs> to review the first three things. Number one, I want all parents to know that you need help too, and that's okay, and you should get help. Number two is I want parents to know that switching providers is okay and actually probably going to happen, right? The first therapist you go to might not work out. Your pediatrician you loved when they were a baby might not work as a teen. Find the providers that work for your kid. Number three is like really learning the signs, talking with your providers about when they think higher level of care is needed so you can line up the appropriate care when it is needed, if it is needed, right? Hopefully it doesn't get there. The other two things that I really want parents to understand and we talk about again and again in the support program and the course is that um, you know, motivation and relapses are really, really hard. So the first thing, number four on my list is motivation. How do you stay motivated, right? Like, why are you doing it? What's the purpose? What's on the other side? This is sort of why I wanted to speak with, um, Christine Flynn, who you'll hear in a few weeks. Um, she's the host of the Catholic mama and she's, um, a a devoted Catholic wife and mother and had an eating disorder herself. And she'll talk a lot about how, you know, when she found Catholicism and became, um, became a Catholic, she realized like there was more purpose to her life. Right. And that helped her to not fall into the trap of the eating disorder. She knew there was purpose for her life, her body, all of that, whatever the motivation is for a specific person, you know, is really important to define and understand if there's just like, we're just here and I don't know why I'm here and I don't care, like that depressive type thinking, then it's very challenging to recover from the eating disorder. Um, So finding good motivators, finding a purpose for your kids, making sure those underlying things like depression and OCD are addressed at the same time um, or before (laughs) can be really helpful to recovery. And that third, or the fifth thing, sorry, the fifth thing, the second that I mentioned in the really, really hard things are relapses. Like recovery is not a straight line. The kid is going to relapse. They're going to relapse when life transitions. They're going to relapse just 
randomly it will seem and that's okay that doesn't mean they go back to ground zero um and i just always want parents to know that because they tend to once a child's doing well rip them away from their treatment they're like oh we don't need this therapist anymore like you're good you don't need to see the dietitian you eat but maybe those were the things helping them to keep that right and so we don't want to take away all supports just when something's doing well you know you're gonna have ups and downs it's not it's not just up so hopefully um this was interesting uh hopefully you learned something send this to anyone you know who just had a child diagnosed with an eating disorder and understand that like this is a lot and a journey and it's not going to be um what you expected for your kid for their teen years but there is a way out so um Hopefully, I will see you guys or hear you guys or you'll hear me, whatever, next week speaking with Natalia and Rachel about COVID and how that impacted um, eating disorder treatment and care and um, for other episodes following that. So have a wonderful week and um, yeah, enjoy the snow this weekend if you're in Connecticut with me.